0: What's up, buds?
1: And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert barrage, it's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington! Welcome back to Jabers Rink Radio, I'm your host Adam Stringham, and today I'm happy to once again be joined by Rob Parker. How you doing Rob? Great to be back again Adam, hope you're uh, enjoying your vacation, thanks for taking your time for your fans. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I like to put out content for everybody, so uh, it's been a good vacation so far, and uh got to imagine the whole rest of the summer is going to be pretty nice uh, with the Capitals. Uh, still making me feel pretty good every day, thinking about how they won the Stanley Cup, so, um, you know, you know how it is. Uh, l- let's keep going through these rink wraps, though. Um, that was our last pod, and we'll continue to do it today. Um, and our first guy, who uh, his rink wrap was, again, written by Jeff Thompson. Is uh, (laughs) Madison Bowie? Bowie is a really interesting guy because uh, you know he didn't really play at all down the stretch or in the playoffs, but he still ended up with 51 games played, um, 12 points, all assists. Um, You you know, he he in my mind he looked a little lost out there, Um, and frankly, I I was a little disappointed. But uh, what do you think?
0: I try to. To look at him, yeah, he was it was overall not hugely um impressive. And when you you know, it was a, a healthy scratch that at the end. But I've been thinking about it um and, and I try not to hold it against him that he came into it with a lot longer hype train and it, it's hard not to almost punish him for, for juice doing so well. And I don't know how you necessarily separate that, especially in something like this where it's it's expectations based coming in. But he didn't he didn't grab the a starting spot or you know a, a, an everyday spot in the lineup, and he definitely looked like he was more unsteady, um, and, and unsure, of just kind of a lot of the the quick, quick decision making. Uh, but that said, they never sent him down. They they kept practicing with him. <clears throat> Todd Reardon, obviously. Um, is the new you know best coach in the world as far as caps fans are concerned so i, I don't think it's um, out of the realm of possibility to say that that he was progressing and that next year with another offseason he wouldn't be ready to 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 go forward um you know i'm just i guess i'm just trying to temper the disappointment because he had a lot of things going against him not the least of which being that most of his time was with brooks orpic
1: yeah playing with Orpic makes it is kind of a hard challenge for everybody. um if I do recall correctly, Bowie did get reassigned to Hershey in march i don't I don't remember if he played at all for them, but um you know it, it's got to be tough for a guy, you know once they acquired Kempney, he really didn't sniff the lineup much at all. so um he as you as you said though he, he's he's had his time to mature um the capitals didn't rush him up to the NHL. Um, you know, th- they were raving about this guy for a few years, and then, of course, he had a bit of off-ice controversy. But um, I think I think it's gonna, you know, I, I'd like to see. I mean, I uh, guess, I guess. You know,
0: call that controversy uh, bad
1: decision making by putting that stuff whatever. public on social media. I think we could say. Yeah. I um, mean, just just vape it. You're a professional athlete. Yeah. Vegetables. D- yeah. Just just, to just, just just don't put it on social media, man. That's really. Yeah, that's the other one. That's that's really. I mean, I thing.
0: guess. You know, the thing that really is interesting is because he, he came in with so much hype and that's why people have been, you know, waiting for him to be the next Orlov or whatever. Even, you know, one of you guys, I think it might have been, you pointed out that Orlov wasn't even Orlov until he was like 25. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about our last conversation where you're, you're talking about the, the draft plus one year and how important it is. And, you know, that's really when Bowie got his, Bowie got his um, hype, trend, you know, his hype yeah. going. And now all of a sudden he got passed by Juice, who, who had the much slower hype train because, you know, he didn't have any at first. And then all of a sudden his hype train became like, oh, my God, he might be an NHL player. And it catches up and he passes him. So I guess just stealing a moment to point out that, you know, patience with some of this stuff makes sense. And, and even a good draft plus one year doesn't you know, tell the whole story. But I think he still, you know, obviously skates really well and is a very – you know a strong kid and um i i think there's hope for him and you know expecting him to get a lot more ice time next year and if if they can't find a place in the lineup for him it's probably a situation where they should showcase him and trade him out because um there's no point you know letting him wilt on the vine with the top four locked up for the foreseeable future plus you know a ton of other defensemen they've been drafting over the years
1: yeah yeah for sure um Bowie did play nine AHL games this year and tallied eight points, um, which is which is pretty good. Uh, a little promising, honestly, on a Hershey team that was offensively challenged, to say the least. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't know. It's a little tough for me, Rob, because, you know, we talk about Bowie, and you do make a great point. He was offensively gifted in the WHL, right? So, um, you know, you, you kind of expect that the kind of Kind of hold through the Capitals have been drafting a lot of these Western Hockey League guys over the last few years, and uh, as you said, next year is kind of a make it or uh, break it year for Bowie. So uh, I don't have a whole lot else to say to him there. Uh, guy who did his job, um, and it was probably a good thing he was on the uh, in the press box in the playoffs.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. But I mean, and, you know, the Kennedy trade worked out so well. You can't um, can't blame any of the other guys that got pushed down. That no. that was just that worked out. Um, and you know, it was it, with Barry Trotz still behind the bench. You know that there was there was no way he was going to have the two rookies in the lineup. So I do think uh, that it, it's hard to kind of separate um, Juice and Bowie. You know, in terms of um, just looking at how how they played and um, the fact that they were basically fighting for the same ice time for most of the year.
1: Yeah, and, and it was it was clear that Juice was the better of the two. Um, yeah, no maybe. doubt. I
0: mean, Juice also played mostly with. Orpic, but his possession numbers were a whole lot better. So, um, you know, you you can't just let Bowie off the hook and say, "Oh well, you played with Orpic, so you get to you you take the anchor numbers." Because um, Juice's numbers were, you know, respectable. Uh, I don't know if that's because he got more time away from Orpic as well, but um, you know, he was on that third pair, and
1: you know what that means. (laughs) You're gonna be dragging Orpic around with you. All right. So what what, what or actually what what's going to be your your number grade for for Bowie? Uh I'll I'll say 4. Okay. It's yeah. A, like the most mildly disappointing I can go with it. No, I, I agree completely. He uh I didn't have super high expectations, but I thought he'd be I thought there was a bigger chance he'd be like an impact NHL defenseman. Um I mean, he just looked so lost out there defensively. I like for you know, I I don't generally like like to discount guys like overall games because of their defensive ability. You know, if they're good enough at offense, I can overlook it. But man oh man, I mean, he was just uh, yeah. Awful. I
0: mean, I know you I know you'll overlook it, but it, it's like look at um, the progression that Orlov took over like the last like eighteen months. And Orlov had a major injury. I think it yeah. was a wrist one, but yeah, Barry had, you know, had, injury had major, as well. Yeah, he was, he was off the ice for a long time. So I'm I'm not shocked that he's a bit of an adventurer. Defensively, um, the question is, and you know, you, if you're willing to go through Orlov's growing pains, and granted, he you know he showed a lot more offense than we've yeah. seen so far. But if you're willing to work through those, then you may as well be willing to work through it here as well, because you can tell the kid can skate and he can shoot and he can pass. So if you can if you can teach him a little bit, yeah, um, you know, there's there's still probably something there.
1: What but wasn't Orlov more of like a like an SCB kind of guy like? He'd make like the, the the big mistakes rather than. Well, he did.
0: He did make big mistakes because of, um, you know, his bad decisions with the puck. Well, I didn't. Right? You know, he, he was like he he was prone to just chucking a puck on his back. Yeah, it up was the middle. backhand
1: up the. When he, when he was playing on the right he side, he also of the ice, was yeah.
0: not like super tuned up on his defensive positioning. No, even away from the puck. And
1: I mean, those he still gets walked. Yeah.
0: To, they they're never going to get. Well, yeah, if you get walked, but I mean. Look, man, you're in the NHL against NHL forwards. You're going to get walked at some point, yeah, most uh, likely. But, but I mean, the kind of mistakes that come from being just like too far outside the dots and letting a guy get too much inside positioning—they don't uh-huh. tend to show up as soul crushing boners like a backhand middle up the, you know, backhand pass up the middle of the ice. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I was it just happens so
0: fast. So uh, he had to learn on a lot of that stuff too. Um, but. I think it, it kind of, the thing that comes to mind when you just mentioned that, which is kind of an aside though, is anytime you have a defense that plays a lot with the puck, you better be ready for turnovers. Of
1: course. And you better be ready to live with them when it happens because uh, that's just come the territory of playing with the puck a lot. Yeah, I, I think I was just kind of thinking more along the lines of um, I didn't think that Orlov, like underlying play, like was always as bad and i know we might have some disagreement on that And i think we've actually talked about it on this podcast years ago but it was you know I, I thought you clean up a few few lapses in orlov's game he was he was really good and when you look at like i i think for bowie the problem might be a bit more uh all-encompassing of his game but he could he could still turn it around but let's move well, on here I mean, we, we spent yeah. a good amount of time talking about a guy that didn't didn't play in the playoffs. Play. Right. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the, g- the guy that, uh, you know, he didn't play for the most of the first two rounds. Um, but he did come back and, and play a pretty pivotal role down the stretch, and that's Andre Burakovsky. Um, <laughs> Exactly. You know, Burakovsky, the guy who had uh, the big two goals in Game 7 against the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, and, and finished it up with four assists in the Capitals' five-game victory over the Vegas Golden Knights, including the secondary assist on the uh, Stanley Cup-winning goal. So if you ignore the rest of the season, pretty good for Andre Burakovsky. Yeah, I mean, if you ignore the rest of the season <laughs> and... and
0: they, <laughs> I mean, mean, Game 7 against the Lightning, you know, that, you know, pays for drinks forever. So, you know, whatever. But the thing that was really eye-opening with some of these Twitter exchanges with JP and um, talking about Burkowski and and looking at some of these other guys is how little he's produced compared to some of the high-priced, maybe uh, flighty-minded or whatever, space cadets, that have come through here. Like he, he doesn't even belong in the same breath as salmon, which is crazy because, um, you would think that he would at least have produced more than like half a point of game over, over a season. So I don't know, man. you see the talent and when he clicks, it's like one of the most beautiful things to watch, but he's also a guy where I'm almost at the point where juices, ice time, juices, power play time, get him some points and then ship him out for an upgrade. I mean, if they weren't coming off a cup win where you know there's no reason to mess with any of the chemistry, I would say um, he's he's one of the prime guys that you use to upgrade another position because he probably still has some value well
1: where are you gonna try to upgrade hurt. like that, that that's what I don't quite like grasp is is, is when what what return can you really expect that's gonna be better than andre Burkovsky right? oh
0: yeah pan and Aaron. Right, they're going to do an in division. Yeah, one one for one. Get, yeah, that. Yeah, okay. uh, No, no, no I would, but I'd go way over one for one. I mean, if well, you, there there's if could, all the
1: salary. Yeah. If the
0: money works, if you yeah. find a way to make that money work, then you do Burakovsky and a first round pick and whatever else.
1: I mean, and, yeah, it'd have to be a ton to, to fit Panarin but, in there, but yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. But that, that's not going to happen. So.
1: Well, I meant for yeah. salary cap too. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So. Uh, I agree. I think it's hard to move him
0: at this point, but he's got a contract coming up. so um, he's gonna have to do it on more in style points.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, he has to be more consistent in the regular season that that's been a problem for him throughout. Um he's now hurt both hands in the last two years, which is not uh, really what you want to see, especially with a with a skilled forward. Um, but this is the first year that his underlying metrics have all gotten worse, right? He I mean, he still was a great possession driver, uh, but he really struggled in terms of point production, even at a rate level compared to his past success. Um, and, and I think that, that that's really the thing that would concern me most if I was, uh, you know, in, in the Capitals organization trying to figure out where this guy's going to fit. Um, just because he he really, he hasn't been able to to latch onto a role. He's, um, he's still averaging less than 14 minutes a game in all situations, and that's a bit disappointing, and he's probably been passed by uh, Jacob Vrana on the on the young player depth chart. So
0: um, he's
1: definitely been passed by Vrana. but yeah, but I mean that. that
0: I, I, wait, your your one concern is that finally his his possession numbers went down. On no, him no, this no, no, no.
1: His point for sixty, his, his production okay. numbers, his his his, yeah. his 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 possession numbers are still.
0: Well, the pres- the whole possess- the whole team's possession numbers tank in the regular season, so it's it's just so hard to draw anything
1: from Well, his were still know, in good. Particular, like he, his trend was still he was still better than the rest of the team, just like he's yeah. been every other year in his career.
0: Right. But for me, I all right, I'm glad you clarified because for me he's he's a player who has the kind of talent and is probably going to make the kind of money somewhere that you need to produce. Of course. Uh, and him you know their whole three-line attack is kind of going to be contingent on him you know carrying his weight on a wing somewhere so you know for me it's uh you know shit or get off the pot he's got to put it together or they got to find a way to to put him into a package that you know rolls value forward while they don't watch him just try to break down and and become a head case
1: yeah i'm not I'm not too worried about it um in terms of the breaking down stuff uh the guy's, he just broke
0: both hands uh,
1: you're talking about it being a head case i mean the guy's got oh, both. I mean, he's, he's gonna he cadet, he. Right? yeah he's
0: got broken hands
1: he he's still hands, his game is like all hands all right so and he, he's coming off of a super hot streak in the most important time of the year so
0: well super hot streak he had the two goals in game seven and, 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 then, and then had four and points four. in the next
1: five games yeah in the Stanley Cup final. Yes. All right. Well. Sure. I mean call take call call your hot streak. I mean I mean I'd take that every time. I mean, would you not? Yeah, I'll
0: take a secondary assist on the Stanley Cup winning goal cuz it's a Stanley Cup winning goal, but I mean, you saw how the play went down and the other team literally just handed him the puck and he passed it to the wide open guy in the slot. So as long as he didn't do something like wildly dumb but whatever I, I don't remember the other 3 assists so I'm not going like, to I mean pl- plenty of people do do, Anna do, Anna do, do
1: do wildly dumb stuff here right I mean Yeah
0: no they do wildly like, dumb like the like like
1: we we've seen stuff. this I mean this is it. but right. the bottom line it. is is that this is a guy who's got the talent he's just got to learn like I, I I don't know what it is I mean the the biggest thing we saw is shot rate drop off we see the the overall production drop off those are red flags um you know, we want to see him still growing, and we wanted to see him kind of maintain his points, uh, his point production rate that we saw in past season, especially last year, over more minutes. And the minutes didn't really increase that much, and the production didn't come with it. Uh, he was actually part of a great line at the start of the year with Nicholas Backstrom. Um, I'm trying to remember who was on the other wing, I believe it was T.J. Oshie, and they were a seventy percent goals line, goals four percent line in. Yeah. I mean, in, in over 250 minutes, so he wasn't getting a lot of points to start the year, but that line was really successful. Um,
0: right, the line with Backstrom and Oshie. Yeah,
1: yeah but that, that but that was kind of.
0: So the question is, can he be? Can he be the scoring threat on a line? With yeah, can Eller he be? A, well, we're trying Tana. to say, can he be
1: a driver? Yeah, right, uh, of. Exactly. But I mean. Or do you he, have to drop Vrana down to be the scorer on a third line? I mean, Vrana was being successful with Backstrom and Oshie as well, right? So. Right, and wasn't doing yeah. a lot. Uh, I, I'm just saying that you know, can do it. We've seen Eller do it. He did great in the playoffs. Burakovsky's got to be more consistent. He's got to pick his shots better. Um, we've gone and looked at the past. You know, nobody misses the net more than Andre Burakovsky on shots that don't get blocked. I mean, it's it's it, it's a real issue. Um, when it, and I think it is like the head case <laughs> stuff, right? He gets in his head. Um, he he is aiming to. He, he's too fine on his shots. I mean, look at the type of goals he scored in the playoffs. He just kind of. The two, we just kind of threw him at the net, right? I mean, they were nice shots, but he had to shuffle it away quick. No, he did it.
0: Well, right. He didn't, he didn't overthink it. He didn't have time to, like, try to find a corner and pick it. He, you know, Dan already dropped a puck at his feet and let him take two or three strides and just kind of, you know, take a shot. So
1: Yeah, speed's going to pay. I mean, at worst, Burakovsky is a serviceable third-line player, is what I think, at this point in his career. Um which is fine.
0: Well, right now, he better be a lot more than
1: that. Well, I mean, but he doesn't... It, he is. He's going to be he what he's going to be. If
0: he doesn't put the offense together, he's not going to be a service player. I don't think that's... Player. He's not in, the, not in the
1: traditional... There, There know, is no traditional check checking, in, but teams don't do that anymore. Or do they? Teams do do that. Lots of teams do that. It's Oof. rare to have a All team right. with the question. winners don't do that. that you can call Sorry, a third winners line. don't sure, do that.
0: but I mean, even, even winners, like, have your third lines with question marks. So he's either going to become a scorer that's that's a luxury on a really good team or he's going to have to go be a top 6 in a bad team or really step up his game but i mean you can't like he's not going to play any traditional third third line role if you put him on like the median team in the league he's he's not a third liner
1: no but he's good enough to, on those teams to be on the first or second line Maybe like as is, his production rates are still even this year is still better than a lot of teams on the second line. Yeah, because he got to start yeah. his year with Ocean and Backstrom. But he didn't get a lot of points with Oshie. It's it. it, it those. I don't think that's where his points came from. But that that's really no. But I'm saying
0: he's he again. It, I'm just snarking at the same point of is he the driver or is he the or or is he the passenger? So if you put him on the Coyotes, his point rate is going to plummet because he's going to have to do a lot more work that he doesn't have to do on the Capitals.
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing I've always thought is that Burkowski would be better served by a more transitional offense, and I think um, it'll be interesting to see if Todd Reardon does that as well. Um, Burkowski's never been great at the cycle game, and uh, his transition numbers are very strong. So, um, you know, all those neutral zone stats that people look at look pretty favorably on Burakovsky, so we shall see how it goes. Um, For me, I gave him like a four for the regular season and like a six for the playoffs, so Um, maybe like a three for the regular season, actually. Yeah, I would have
0: been three or four, maybe four and five. I don't see the six in the playoffs, even with, uh, if the six is in the playoffs, it's with like a two-point boost on game seven, which is is fair, because that was monster.
1: Yeah, I mean, the guy's at six points in 13 games playing less than 11 minutes a night, so... Um,
0: and and with some sort of broken hand going on. Yeah, so... All right, let's, all right, uh, all right. I'll give you the six in the playoffs. <laughs> and I'll give, and uh, I'll give you the three in the regular season.
1: Okay, <laughs> there we go. Golden, Rob is on board the Burkowski hype train, which is a whopping three in the regular season, and that's hyping him up. Alex Chason, he's a guy who... Um, I have no idea where he will, what he will be doing uh, for the remainder of his NHL career. But Alex Chason was a serviceable-ish player for the Capitals um, in the regular season, tallying 18 points in 61 games and uh, a whopping 2 points in 16 playoff games. Um, what are your thoughts on Chason? Those were huge 2 points, though. They were. They were, they were especially uh, against the. Um, he had the goal and then
0: the pass to, to Smith pelly on that one-timer. Sorry. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, you're right. He's serviceable. He'll be doing something probably exactly the same thing he did here. He's, you know, they already, they signed Smith pelly who kind of won the, the battle of the grinder contract, um, award or whatever it is. Again, he is what he is. My, my, when I think about him in this season, he's another guy where I have to try to not punish him for things that are not his fault. And specifically, I, I really hated seeing nights where both he and Smith-Pelly were in the lineup. I wanted um, Trots to use a lot more of Stevenson, Boyd, uh, and Walker throughout the year because I thought that they were, were better options, and, and I wanted to see the speed, and I wanted to just see what was there and, and figure that you know they'd do better learning in the NHL lineup versus just practicing and and frankly, there wasn't just a lot of upside. And uh, you can put Chase on and Smith pelly out there, and they're they're not going to really hurt you. They're also very unlikely to do a whole lot to help you. So just stacking your lineup with them, um, you know, I you can tell I came up in the uh, the days of Nintendo Hockey, not just because of how many times I referenced <laughs> it. You need to like balance out your your body types, and and Chase on was just you know superfluous in that
1: lineup. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. He was part of one of the most boring lines in hockey, right? In the regular season. Um, (laughs) you put, you put DSP and Beagle and chase on a line. I mean, chase on would have some beautiful shots. Um, and really there aren't a lot of goals bigger than his, uh, I mean, Kuznetsov's goal was bigger in the same game, but, uh, that chase on goal uh, early in game six against Pittsburgh with Baxter out of the lineup was uh, a big deal goal. And, uh, He'll be remembered for it. So 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 good on Chase on. I, I really don't have a ton to say on a guy that uh, kind of snuck in to make the team. And uh, I guess the only thing
0: is, why didn't he get? I I guess why didn't he get more love for the uh, Cup winner veteran edition derby over the summer? Maybe it's because well, Smith-Pelly took all the spotlight or yeah, whatever. But
1: I mean, Smith-Pelly had a lot more production in the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And and Beagle had a lot more track record over the last.
0: Probably
1: close fucking decade at this point. Yeah. For sure. Um, I really don't plan on talking anymore about On. So if you've got anything else, go for it. But I'm just giving him like a, a flat five. Five and five is fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we actually only have four rink reps to do today. So this is the last one. And it's a bit more of an interesting one. Um, Brett Connolly is a player that uh, does not help with possession at all. Um, he, you know, he's not a great possession player, but he is, like, he just, he seems to get his, his snipes, you know, he, he hits his spots, um, a good shooter, and he had, a, he had a good playoffs, where he just felt like every shot he took was going in the back of the net, um, got him blanking on what series it was right now, you might have to help me out here, for some reason I'm feeling like a, a Pittsburgh series that it was really happening, but, good, good on Connolly. um. What are your thoughts on a season, Rob?
0: I, I'm with you for the most part. You know, It's funny for me to hear you say he picks his spots or whatever because you know, you know, I know damn well you don't believe in that kind of crap. And especially it just doesn't make sense that, like, oh, you, you don't try possession, you don't do all these other things, and you don't score 50 goals, but you're a third-liner who was, like, barely even an everyday player two years ago. And you get an open look, and you just finish them. Like no way, like this guy is riding some sort of horseshoe, which is fine. Keep, him, I mean, they've got him for another year on the horseshoe. Uh, but you can tell me that, like, whether it's Brana or Burkowski with Eller, that they that line would really be. Uh, like marginally impacted if Connolly wasn't the other guy on it. Yeah. You know, I and, and he's another one where I looked at him all year and I was like, okay, this is just a veteran who makes safe decisions. But what could Boyd be doing there? Because I I really like Boyd's creativity, but that stuff is basically lost when you're playing with like Jay Beagle and Alex Chase on, right? He can make a, a slippery little pass down low to to open up some ice towards the net, but those two guys are not going to take advantage of it. Whereas I think his first assist came to Ovechkin. Am I right? And I know this isn't Boyd's rap. Uh, anyways, I, I, I believe was, so. I I yes, like it was Conley, a fancy
1: assist, too, if I'm yeah, remembering it. it.
0: Go, go pull that up. But, you know, I wanted to see him with, like, Eller and whoever the auxiliary scoring winger was a lot more. So I was kind of like, what is Connolly doing? He's really just, like, an anonymous replacement part. But... Fuck man, if he's going to score twenty percent on his shots and just you know has that magic, then you know fine. And if Burakovsky gets credit for the secondary assist, then he's got to get credit for the primary assist.
1: For sure, um, Connolly had fifteen goals in sixteen seventeen and was a healthy scratch in this uh, for the whole second round of the playoffs. He had fifteen goals this year, um, and he played twenty four games for the Capitals. Six goals, three assists, nine points. So pretty good. Um, 18.5% shooting first year with Washington, then then 22, then, uh, and then he was 18% in the playoffs, 19% in the playoffs. So since he's come to Washington, if people are going to say T.J. Oshie's scoring is going to stay hot because of his shooting percentage, you got to think the same thing for Brett Connolly. Um,
0: uh, I mean, I don't know, because Oshie does it differently. First of all, his, <laughs> I'll bet you Oshie's distance on his average shot is a lot shorter than Connolly's, And our, I'm assuming... You're not separating out by power
1: play and even strength. I'm literally just saying that Oshi has gotten lots of. I mean, Oshie's shooting percentage, like Connolly's, was significantly lower before he came to Washington.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Um, yeah, and Troy Brower's. Yes, right. exactly, yeah. But Connolly doesn't play on that power play no, diamond spot. No, so, I mean, it very much. You know, yeah, in a there's speed. nothing that explains to me why this guy, who is anonymous in all other ways, should be a twenty percent shooter, but he, he had again, four
1: power play goals this year actually, in the, which is might surprise you. Four of his fifteen. He also he also drilled that rolling puck like top beautiful.
0: Right That's probably probably the same series you were thinking of. Yeah, he yeah, had
1: he just, had didn't he have like a seven release? It was very like off the back foot too. This other shot, something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah, but it's like, dude, you don't do that on your own all the time. If you were and you could, you wouldn't be
1: third line player. Well, so I don't think he can do anything yeah, but but shoot, personally. Like the, yeah, it's
0: like it's like a uh, P's the one on Chase on's pass,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the one he shot it back across and that on Vasilevsky and banked it in off the post. Yeah, and then like Pierre Maguire's like, look at him shoot across the grain. Jesus, like fuck out of here. He was just trying to put that on net. Well,
1: that's so that, just, that's, that's all you got to do, was, do uh, sometimes. So
0: that is right, right. Talk to your man. Sometimes <laughs> all you got to do is put it on net. Sometimes exactly. You end up with two goals in game seven instead of smashing glass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Oh, um, you're,
1: you're a fan, you're, your fan, your your
0: boy a fan of smashing glass as well. It seems.
1: I'm 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 missing the <laughs> reference, but that's okay. Um, let us, I, I guess we should just wrap this bad boy up. Let's give him some 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 nice ratings. Um, I, I'm gonna give him a like seven because I just did not anticipate another 15 goal campaign for Brett Connolly. Um, I was actually kind of surprised the Capitals didn't take him to arbitration last year and then still managed to re-sign him. Um, You know, the guy had 15 goals and the Capitals were able to re-sign him for next to nothing. So um, he he, he did good work and uh, he exceeded my expectations for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, I was going to give him a little bit lower on the regular season and boost him on the playoffs. Uh, But it's hard to argue with that. It does sound like you put some salary concerns in there, which may not be appropriate, but you he, <laughs> he, he was dirt cheap. And, um, you know, I didn't expect him to come back at the 15 again either. So, you know, this year he, he shot 20% again. I don't yeah. know. that's the new expectation
1: for him. But well, well, I kind of thought he'd fallen I, out I was of favor. Go five
0: and seven. Yeah. believe
1: No, no, that's fair. I kind of thought he had fallen out of favor, which is why I bring up the the salary consideration, because the coaching staff had scratched him in the playoffs uh, in the second round, you know. So I just wasn't convinced that there was going to be a real, like, solid place here. And it looked like, you know, I I don't know the inner workings, but Washington might not have been 100% sold on keeping him if they they, they didn't bother to, uh, you know, take him to arbitrate or have the arbitration risk by... uh, by not tendering right. him a qualifying offer, so. Yeah. Okay. Interesting situation all around. Um, good on good on Brent, uh, Brent. Good on Brett Connolly, and uh, good on us for recording this, uh, despite the fact that we've both, you know, it's been a crazy week. So, Rob, thanks a lot for taking the time, man. Yeah, anytime, String. Enjoy the rest of your vacation, and uh talk to you later. I definitely will. Uh, on behalf of Rob Parker and myself, thank you for listening to this episode of Japers Rink Radio. Um, Please, you know, interact with us online. We're we're really bored. No, we're not bored, but uh, interact with with us on Twitter. I'm at Stringham A. Rob is at uh, Rob. You're what? Rob Parker Jr. Underscore Jr. Underscore Jr. Yeah. Underscore Jr. And uh, make sure you give Japers Drink Radio a five star review on iTunes and uh, check us out on SoundCloud. Thanks again, everybody.